0: Welcome to Your Brain On by Salience Learning. I'm Karen Foster.
1: And I'm Krista Gerhard. So welcome everyone today. We're excited to have a special guest with us, Kim Portland, our very own Salience Learning team member and vice president specializing in global medical affairs. Kim, welcome.
0: Thanks so much for having
1: me today. In this podcast, Kim, we're taking a a bit of a shift from what we normally do, which is, you know, talk about the the importance of learning and, and bringing learning experts onto the podcast to really dig deeper around the trends and what's going on in the industry. Today, we're shifting a bit and we're bringing you on, our own resident expert, not only in learning, but specifically in medical affairs. And I'd love for the audience to get to know you better. And if you wouldn't mind, give us a background on your experience, who you are and
0: how you came to join Salience. Thanks, Krista. So in my early career, I really focused on clinical research. So after getting my doctoral degree, I went to work at a university as a clinical research professor and had a private practice. But it became apparent to me fairly early on that I was more interested in the strategy of the science as opposed to just creating the science itself. So I joined medical affairs at a pharma company. Um, I started off my career as a medical science liaison which is basically a field medical role. And in that role, uh, your job is really to have a deep understanding of the science and help educate in the external environment stakeholders about the products, the disease state. So I would work with people like healthcare providers, key opinion leaders, um, people who needed to learn more about the products that we had at the company. Um, eventually, I moved into more global medical director type roles. Now, in this role in pharma, your job is really to bring your deep understanding of the science to help create and execute the medical strategies. I did that at multiple different companies, both in U.S. facing roles and then global roles. And then eventually I moved on into medical excellence. So medical excellence is kind of the L&D piece to medical affairs. In medical excellence, my role was really capability building and helping medical affairs teams globally to have the capabilities and then the processes in place to help them really do their roles most effectively. As part of a global medical affairs, global medical excellence role that I was in, um, I saw a need for my medical teams to really upskill their own capabilities in the science of learning. So after some thorough research, I learned about salience learning. And ended up hiring Salience to help bring the knowledge and skills of the science of learning to my global medical excellence teams. We did some great projects with Salience Learning. And as I got to understand more and more about the value they provided to medical affairs, I just knew that I had to be part of that. So that's how I came to join Salience Learning. And we are excited
1: to have you. Um, As you as you can imagine, uh, Kim's experience and background has really brought diversity of thought and perspective into our organization and really helps us to hold true to our motto of uh, and our mission to bring the science of learning to the business of science. Right. So she has, has done an excellent job in helping us to. Bring a different set of services and offerings to a learner population that is oftentimes responsible for the education of other individuals, which is the medical community within a life sciences organization. So, you know, what I'd like to understand, Kim, as as we go deeper into this conversation is what type of stakeholders are you talking to most often now that you're on the partner side? You're no longer in the life sciences organization. You're now working with those individuals in roles that you previously held. Who are you supporting in your services and offerings?
0: Yeah, you know, as you know, there's a lot of roles within medical affairs, but I would say there's probably two key roles that tend to come to us in terms of needing Either capability models, learning pathways, or learning solutions. So, if I was kind of to bucket them into two areas, it's really field medical and then medical leadership. So, field medical teams, so MSL teams, often come to us because while they get lots of training in the science itself, there's often gaps that they have. Um, Or that their leaders feel that they have in terms of capabilities like scientific communication skills, building relationships and partnering, um, critical thinking are some of the skills. And then from a medical leadership perspective, it's really interesting because if you're an MSL, you get a lot of training. And there's even designated days where you're supposed to focus on your professional development. But as you move up the chain, as you become successful and you become a medical leader in the organization there's often nothing to support those leaders other than what HR already provides. So we're getting a lot of companies coming to us for their medical leadership roles to help build capabilities for them as well. And usually it's long-term capability programs that they need. And I think it's important to clarify that for the purposes of this
1: discussion, when we're talking about capabilities, we're talking about the knowledge and skills that will help individuals evolve into the future. Um, So not capabilities in terms of a set of offerings or organizational technology capabilities, but really we're talking about the knowledge and skills related to the individual's professional development. And now if we think about what are some of the key drivers in the marketplace with regards to medical leaders, MSLs, et cetera, what are those key drivers that you're seeing that are causing stakeholders, medical leaders to reach out to us to say, hey, we need
0: something? Medical affairs has changed so dramatically just in the time that I've been in medical affairs. And there's a lot of factors that I think are influencing it. So it used to be, you know, let's say 20 years ago, if you were really a clinical expert and you, or a scientist with a deep understanding of the science, you could really be successful in medical affairs because the early role of medical affairs was more of a reactive role around medical education. But a lot of changes have happened in medical affairs, and the role of medical affairs has been significantly elevated in pharma companies. You know, it, Its products have become more complicated. The regulatory pathways themselves have become more challenging, things like biologics that make those regulatory pathways a lot more challenging to navigate. There's been with digital and with the internet evolving, there's huge changes now in how physicians get their information. And then, of course, there's the consumers and their role in decision making that has changed dramatically. So I think all of these factors have led to medical affairs changing as a function. And I think within most organizations now, medical affairs is really seen as a key thought partner to other functions like the commercial teams, um, sales, marketing, et cetera, whereas before they were a, a support role. So I think with all of this, what's not happened as much is that the capability building to get the medical affairs team members kind of on the forefront of the future hasn't really happened in the way that at some companies that it really needs to. So I think there is ending up being gaps in capabilities uh, because it used to be that hiring very smart scientific experts was enough to be successful. So there are so many trends that I think are really driving medical affairs changes at this point. I'm going to focus on three of them. One is changes to stakeholder engagement. Now, this is no surprise. I think with COVID, people are really talking a lot about this one. You know, there was a quick shift to virtual engagement last year with external stakeholders like the HCPs and the KOLs. I think, though, it's really likely that the shift is probably here to stay. And I think this is the piece that companies are really trying to figure out now is not just, okay, what did we how quickly did we shift and how effective were we during COVID as everything had to move to virtual? But what happens now? We have really been hearing from medical leadership at multiple companies that while physicians are getting their information now more virtually, that they really are open to having more of that live one-on-one engagement again. So we do expect as things are shifting, more vaccines and people are able to go back into one-on-one engagements in person, that that shift is going to be happening. We want to equip our, our field medical teams accordingly. Another key trend that I think has been happening over the last years is really a change in the strategic planning process and the requirements needed for medical affairs leaders. So there's a brand plan that every company has for their disease state and products. And in that brand plan, there's multiple pieces. There's a commercial and a sales and marketing plan. There's a medical plan. And there's really been a movement across organizations for these plans to become very, very integrated. And with that, medical affairs in some cases is getting left behind a bit. So they're really now put in a position to truly have to be strategic leaders in their organizations and in their brand planning process. And in some cases, that's working really well. And in some cases, I think some of the medical leaders feel that they don't have the background and training in strategic thinking and the strategic planning process to truly be thought leaders with their commercial counterparts. And I think the final trend that I'll focus on right now is around insights gathering. So an absolute key role of medical affairs, um, especially field medical, is to gather information from the field, from your external stakeholders, and pull them together into actionable insights. So pulling together the information you're hearing from the field, from your KOLs, from your physicians, and bringing that information in a meaningful way back to the company because that should guide then the creation of the strategies. In the past, this has been challenging because if you get many, many insights, how do you synthesize it? How do you analyze it? But now there's some digital solutions to do this. Like AI is one that a lot of companies are using now to help mine the data and analyze the data. So we need medical leaders especially to really understand digital solutions. How do they use digital solutions to really synthesize and better utilize the insights that are gathered from the field.
1: Really interesting information. So, how does that impact the training and development component? You know, if, if these trends are impacting the medical roles across life sciences, how's the industry responding? What, what does that mean for learning and development professionals or individuals supporting the growth of medical functions and roles?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, based on these trends, it's really putting a lot more pressure on medical affairs, both the leaders, as well as the other team members to really have these high levels of capabilities in certain areas. I think often we're putting medical professionals in a position of having to do things that they really don't have the experience to do because they've never been trained. So I think companies are coming to us a lot more now for things like strategic thinking training, because often when a company trains their people on strategic planning, They roll out a template and they teach them how to use the template. That doesn't help them learn how to think strategically and how to plan strategically. And so I think that's one of the key gaps that companies are really coming and looking for how to build the knowledge and skills on pieces like strategic thinking. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Brain On. Please subscribe
1: to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Krista Gerhard. And I'm Karen Foster, and we'll see you next time.